on everybody cheers happy wednesday and welcome to trades lady happy hour the weekly show on instagram live where each week we introduce you to an incredible woman in the trades kicking butt taking names doing the most um, and making her way in the industry um, any of the trades industries we've been focusing particularly on automotive and kind of the adjacent trades welding fabrication paint and body airplane mechanics helicopter mechanics uh, you name it we've had somebody on who's in that position uh, women generally make up across the trades less than 10 percent um, of all trades folks and in specific industries, it can be as low as like 2%. So this show is all about celebrating them, hearing their stories, hearing their experiences, uh, sharing in their successes with them, hearing about the challenges that they've faced um, and learning from some of their wise words of wisdom as well. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Those of you who have been coming back for some time, I really appreciate your constant support and seeing your names pop up in the feed. Um, if you are new here, welcome. Hang out a little bit, check it out. Hope you enjoy it. Let me know in the comments what you think. Uh, down below, there is a little question mark box. If you have questions, and I encourage questions, as long as they're on topic, guys, try to stay on topic, please. Um, but if there's questions, put them in the question mark box. If you put them in the comments, the scroll goes through real fast, and I generally can't keep up with them, so I might miss your question. It's nothing personal. Um, but if you put it in the question box, I will definitely see it. Um, and what else? What other things do I have to say as far as housekeeping goes? Um, Sit back, relax, have fun, have a drink. Um, I'm so excited to have you guys here. I'm really excited about tonight's guest. Um, I've just heard about her actually relatively recently. She was actually somebody who was recommended to me as a guest for Trades Lady Happy Hour um, by my lovely co-host on All Girls Garage, Faye Hadley. Some of you might know her. Um, so I'm really excited to meet tonight's guest. Um, her name is Amy Diltz, and she does a couple of different things. So she's got a kind of a variety of experience uh, within the automotive industry. So during the day, uh, is she works as a, um, a disassembler or a Dis dismantler. That's the word I'm looking for. A dismantler. I don't know why I have such a hard time with that word. Um, she works as a dismantler at a automotive recycling facility. Um, and then in her off hours, she does a ton of motorsports. She's done all sorts of different types of motorsports. She's been doing it for a long time. Uh, and she also does a ton of work to promote other women in motorsports and to encourage more women to kind of get started in motorsports and even teach us some classes to kind of show them the ropes a little bit and get them started, get their feet wet, uh, kind of give them that like that first that first hit to get them addicted to doing uh, motorsports work. So um, I'm really excited to meet her and hear all about how she got her start and how she got to where she is. Um, before I invite her on, I do wanna say a big thank you to Drive Time. They uh, have been a partner on Trades Lady Happy Hour for the last year now, and they've really done a ton within their own organization, continue to do a ton to support not only women in the trades, but really bringing new people into the trades in general, like giving people an opportunity, helping them find their home within the industry and giving them all sorts of training and incentives to stay, which is a, a we need more of that. So big, big thank you to them. And of course, huge thank you to you guys. And with that, without any further ado, I'm going to invite the lovely Amy Dilks to join. Let's see, Amy, are you here? I see 
if all technology works well. She should be joining us any moment now. Dun, dun, dun. Amy, Amy, are you out there? Um, I'm sending you an invite, Amy. I see you're in the room. Gotta love when technology doesn't work for us. All right, well, hopefully she will be joining us shortly. Um, I'm gonna just keep hitting the invite button until she joins. Um, Amy, if you are there, hopefully you're not having any issues with joining. You might have to shut down and open back up again. Oh, there's a request. I see, I see, maybe, fingers crossed. Amy, are you there? <laughs> I don't know why this isn't working. Oh my goodness, I'm accepting your request. It is not working. So Amy, I'm gonna suggest, it says you're unable to join. So go ahead and close your Instagram, open it back up and let's try again. Cause it's saying you can't join. I don't know why I'm accepting your request but it is not letting you. So. Wait, um, what, wait, oh, 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 wait, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> for it. wait for it. Wait for Are it. Are we getting there? There we go. <laughs> yeah. Technology. Yes. Gotta love it. Success. Woo. Hallelujah. Cheers, lady. <laughs> Cheers to that. Very, very nice to, to meet here. you. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to, to jump on this and said yes to my busy <laughs> invite and randomness uh face sent us a, for folks at home face sent us an introductory yes. message uh just yes, like, what yesterday she's like oh my god <laughs> you have to have amy on she's fantastic um and, and amy was obliging and i'm very absolutely excited to, to meet absolutely your story so did I you got it spot on spot on <laughs> there's there's not, okay, not too many awesome. ways to to mess up my last name um no, yeah. Um, well, the thing is, is that um, the only thing you can't do with my last name is drop the L because it becomes. Yep. Yep. A totally yep. Different one. They did. They did that to me. I found yep. that out the hard way uh, at a middle school science fair and just was scarred for life. Oh, <laughs> I know. Well, so it wasn't the kids. It was like the teacher <laughs> announcing the awards and it was like, oh, come up for your award. Yeah. Yeah, auditorium full of kids. Yeah. It's always good. Right. Yep. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Uh, will you tell the fine folks at home? I gave a little nutshell of who you are and what you do, but well, where are you? <laughs> what do you What do you do? And, and kind of then we'll go back in time. Here, here now. The, the, the little snapshot so, of um, present. Present I live in Poughkeepsie, uh, New York, uh, so I'm in the Northeast. Uh, I do not stay in the Northeast very often, though. Um, so okay. it's probably easier to say what I don't do. Um, so I do basically any kind of motorsport um, outside of drag racing. I really never really, like, it never really hooked me. Um, uh, just, you know, the whole idea of drag racing is to drive less and I'm trying to drive more. So that's why I do basically everything else. Um, I do wheel-to-wheel uh, -wheel racing. I do endurance racing, time attack, hill climb, rally, rally cross, ice racing, karting. If it's got four wheels wow. and a gas pedal, I'm all about it. 
Um, I really fell in love with endurance racing. Um, it's, it's kind of like the best balance of like speed, teamwork, um, problem solving, um, all of all of the really awesome things that I I love about motorsport really come in into play in in endurance racing, because um, you know the car has to be solid. You know you have to have your you know mechanics on point. You have to go over the car and make sure everything's good. But then it's instead of just one driver, it's a team of drivers. It's three to five drivers. You know swapping off. Um, and it even comes down to, you know, your pit crew, you know, your refuels, your driver changes, how well are those going? So, so much goes into a successful endurance race that it, it kind of, it, it's my favorite. So for folks who may mm -hmm. not know what endurance racing is, Absolutely. I mean, not everybody is into racing. So let's um, tell me a little bit, like, how, how mm -hmm. does that work? You've got multiple drivers. How long an endurance um, race where like is it on usually road, on road? usually it is it. on road um usually taking place at a uh a, a track uh like a uh, a touring car track um and the endurance okay. races can go from six hours to eight hours to 12 hours to even 24 hour races so oh, wow. that's okay. why you have multiple drivers is you know one person staying up for 24 hours trying to drive at speed um what well, wouldn't really be safe um so basically what happens is cars go out with one driver you drive until the gas tank is basically empty come in for a refuel and depending on the strategy you swap drivers then or you double stint which is you go out with the same driver for that second time and then after that refuel you swap off okay so you have a team that you do um, not with really. Uh, I am a I am a driver for hire, as it were. Uh, I've I've been very okay. fortunate to drive with a bunch of different teams. Um, I've been very fortunate to build a nice reputation where, you know, the car is going to be relatively quick, relatively safe. Um, come back in basically in the condition it left the pit in minus some gas and tires like um you know it's 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 going to be safe by the time i'm i'm in the driver's seat and it's going to go and you know i'm going to take care of it um and that that's allowed me to jump in a bunch of different cars um because if if you have that good reputation of like oh yeah she's going to take care of the car you can you can usually end up being like hey you know, teams are always looking for an extra to just be like, hey, it's going to be kind of tough to do this race with only three drivers, but it's going to be a lot easier with four because then you have more people swapping off and being able to uh, rest. Yeah. Okay. So yep. right off the bat, like I've not done endurance racing and I've not been a and that is a race car driver. Okay. I've never done any of that. It's just I'm I'm the racer, not the racer. Sure. Um, so I have questions. Um, so I feel like there's probably two sides to I mean, there's two sides to every coin. On the one hand, I feel like it would probably be really nice to always mm -hmm. be driving with a different team and meeting new people and having new experiences. On the other hand, it might be nice to kind of have the same team 
consistently. Have you done both? Have you always um, been driver for hire? Yes style? and no. Um, so I have my own car, which is the purple WRX. Um, that car I've been driving and racing since 2010. Um, that is my, my baby. I both love it and hate it as you know, most race car drivers do. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I I would, I would give my next breath for it, but sometimes I would like to set it on fire and, you know, love, hate. Um, and then I've stuck with a few different teams. There's been a few, um, BMW E30 teams that I've gotten to drive with, you know, you know, um, and then one team that I drove with for a few seasons has a Mazda RX-8 with the rotary engine still in there. Um, Yes, I have a I have an RX8 myself. So I ended up talking to them and they were like, "Oh, hey, do you want to, you know, they were a very new team, so they needed someone who could kind of go out and shake the car down and be like, "Hey, let's see if we can change this. Let's see if we can, you know, adjust this to make the car faster, make the car more more stable." Awesome. So, how did you how did you get to where you are with racing to, to kind of get to that place mm-hmm. where you do have a reputation as a good driver, as mm-hmm. somebody who's going to take good care of the car to where people are giving you these opportunities to come join this team, come join this yeah. team, come hang out with us for a little while. Like how did you get it would, yeah. there? I can't imagine. It was, it was a long road. I, I'm yeah. not going to lie. And again, I've been very fortunate, very <laughs> fortunate. I, I do not understate that at all. Um, so I I started <laughs> I way back way back one. in the before times. Um, I bought my my WRX um, in two thousand nine, bone stock, and okay. I lied to myself and said, "Oh man, this this car's pretty fun on the street. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna modify it. No, 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 not gonna modify it." Um, and then about uh, three or four weeks after I bought it, the previous owner didn't take the best care of it um and the turbo ended up blowing and blew a bunch of metal chunks into the engine and ended up killing the engine so i was kind of faced with fixing that um asked around and there was a shop uh over in connecticut that was recommended to me to rebuild the engine you know upgrades because you know if you're going to be in there anyway let's Let's throw some nice things at it. Why not? I right? Mean, I had to replace anyway. everything anyway. Um, we're on the same pitch. Um, so ended up with a really awesome engine package. I think we were running about 365 hor- wheel horsepower, which in an okay. all-wheel drive car is pretty darn quick. Um, and it was done on a dyno that, traditionally runs low like on any other dyno it's a 400 horsepower car so the 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 shop efi logics um who is now a longtime sponsor of mine um had a couple race cars at the shop that um like they they already raced so they were like hey now that you have this awesome engine package why don't you come why don't you come Might out to the track and and try it? Um, because uh, the thing with okay. with track racing is you can't just like they don't let Joe Schmo 
oh, just show up to the track and be like, I want to be a race car driver. Um, there's a lot of, you know, legwork and training um, to go into it. So what you usually start out with is uh, something called HPDE or High Performance Drivers Education. And, um, so I, sh- okay. I signed up for my, my first track week when that weekend and showed up thinking it was going to be like a hobby, a, a, a once or twice a year thing and other lies we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so ended up paired with, uh, an instructor, who's a really good friend of mine now. And she and I just had the most fun weekend. And even after that first session on track, cause there's a lot to learn, you know, that's why you get an instructor that sits in the car with you and, you know, they're on a headset inside their helmet. So you can hear them. You, they can hear you. Um, but even after that first session, I was just, it was the purest adrenaline rush I've ever been able to find. Um, and I was just like coming off the track. I was like, I need, I need to do this for the rest of my life. Um, so (laughs) yeah, yes, yes. Um, (laughs) so I started doing more and more track days, gaining more and more experience. And as, as I got more experience, I moved up the, the, the driver's education ladder to the point where I, I got to the point where I could uh, test for my competition license. And it's a full day of drills and like there's a paper test just to know that that person understands the rules, understands everything going on track, is heads up enough to see all of the cars around them, to see the flaggers because in a touring car track, um, there's flagging stations basically at every corner, if not every obstacle, kind of. Um, and there's different flags to let the drivers know as they're approaching that corner, if there's a car, if there's an obstacle, if there's something to be aware of, if there's something on the racetrack. There's all these flags to con- uh, communicate back and forth between the drivers and the flaggers again, to keep everyone as safe as possible. Motorsport is minorly dangerous, but, you know, you got to, we try to make it as safe as possible. And that's to ensure, you know, everyone's on the same page. All the racers at least know that, okay, okay, we're going to, we're all, we're all driving by the same rules here. Um, Keeps incidents at least to a minimum. And um, so I passed my competition license test and first race weekend, first race I qualified on pole. I I was first and everyone was was just psyching me up I'm, oh my god no rookie in the northeast has 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 graduated competition school and then and then uh and qualified on pole oh my god don't mess up the start you're like my feet weren't even my feet weren't even touching the ground no problem um and then uh the the race came and, uh, you know, a few, few laps in, was doing good, you know, still winning. And I miscalculated a breaking zone because one of my friends and teammates was behind me and he was starting to catch up. So I was like, oh, I'll go quicker into this breaking zone. 
and I'll leave you in the dust. Unfortunately, I did not break enough for that corner and ended up sliding into the wall. So zero to zero. Uh, and in that first race, I learned that uh, to finish first, first you must finish. And it was a hard, it was, it was a hard lesson to learn, but it was, it, 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 it got hammered into my brain. Um, cause the first thing, like after sliding along the wall and coming to a stop and making sure everyone knew I was okay, just sat there and I was like, you idiot, you were winning. What, why'd you do that? Um, so got the car, you know, like towed off the track. It was pretty, pretty messed up. Um, and this was on Saturday. So Sunday I stuck around just to hang out and I heard some unsportsmanlike comments about female drivers um said when um when I, they thought I couldn't hear them and um that kind of annoyed me something something along the lines of like oh it was a fluke um you know she must have been cheating or whatever that kind of annoyed me so towed the car home and in a month and a half I had rebuilt the entire car and was back racing. And this was a, I hit the, hit the guardrail probably going about 80 miles an hour. Like the uh, both driver's side shock towers, both front and rear were moved in two inches. Yeah. Like that, it was, it was a serious hit. And (laughs) the drive, the drive home, I spent just calling all of my sponsors, all of the businesses I knew trying to find, a, a body shop that could get me on their frame rail uh, or the frame machine rather. And, you know, like the first five shops I called and sent pictures to, they were like, Oh, well, if it was a street car, we would total it. I'm like, it's a race car. It's got like a roll cage in it. I just needed, I need the wheels to point the same direction. That's all I require of you. Um, And they're like, well, we can't do it. And finally, like the fifth, sixth, or seventh body shop, I finally got a hold of, and they were like, "Oh, it's a race car. You just need to, you need the things moved. Yes, come come by on Tuesday. We'll do it. We'll do it for you." I was like, "My man." So, nice. rebuilt the car, got back out there, and by the end of that season, I was both I had gotten enough points to be the. Uh, both time attack and wheel to wheel regional champion for that year, a crown that I continued all the way until 2015. So that was three years. Um, and then by then, you know, I had gotten a bunch of uh, racing experience because again, I was doing a bunch of events. Seat time, you cannot understate the the importance of just being behind the wheel on track with other cars. Because there's a bunch of things that could happen, and you can't really explain that in a classroom. You still, you got to go out there and do it. Yeah, right. Like anything else. Yeah, like I've, I've had cars blow their engines in front of me. And, you know, that's a situation that is coming at you fast, and you have to make a decision. Um, so uh, once I had gotten a bunch of racing experience myself, then I started reaching out to other endurance racing teams and being like, hey, do you need someone to race with you? 
And within two or three seasons of doing both wheel-to-wheel racing in the STI, which is shorter uh, sprint races, basically, like 30 to 45 minutes, um, and then doing the endurance racing as well, gaining more and more experience that way, that's how I kind of built my, my driver credentials enough to be like oh i can go to these you know i have people teams reaching out and being like hey we need another why don't you come do you want to drive with us you know um yeah i think awesome. very fortunate in okay. that way well like I said, there's, there's some hard work involved in that too i mean you came out oh yeah like oh yeah spite, spite will get you learned lots spite of will get you everywhere because <laughs> i was not <laughs> very happy with those gentlemen making yes. those comments about me so it's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. absolutely i can totally understand so okay but i have to go back a little bit in time here because you know you you had just started racing mm-hmm. when you rebuilt your WTA, WR. Yep. right wr sorry um i don't just grab yeah where did that letters out of the WRX. um <laughs> i just randomly i know the WTI is World Pack Training Institute, and I don't know what that has to do with Subarus. Or, but anyway, um, so um, mm-hmm. so you hadn't raced before, but yet when you got the car, you were already in the mindset of like, I'm not going to modify it. I'm not going to modify it, which means you have an inclination yeah. towards modifying to begin with. Where did like, where did that love come from? Like, were you always into mechanical and performance and, i and i super was stuff always up an adrenaline like, um, um even okay. even when i was young like i had a skateboard and i turned it into a luge by duct taping two by fours to it um yeah yeah i mean <laughs> you know modifying things I'm not saying it was smart. There was one time I got the death wobble and ended up wobbling and bruising my tailbone. It's fine. Um, But mechanics and like putting things together also really interested me. Um, And I was really lucky. My dad had worked for uh, IBM and he kind of saw that I was interested in because he bought me Legos. Like my parents would buy me Legos and I would like buy, you know, build the Lego sets and everything and they were like oh so my dad would bring home like if they were going to throw out a printer or any of the office supplies and he'd be like here take it apart so i got used to seeing how things go together and how they come apart and you know and they were they were trash anyway so it didn't really matter it was going to get you know thrown out anyway so, you know, started yeah. with that and then he would um, always be doing maintenance on the cars, you know, oil changes and everything. We never really had like a project car, but he, um, you know, he'd be doing like brake pads and curious little me was like, hey, what you doing? And he's like, here, hold the, hold the flashlight. So I started, as most kids do, holding the flashlight. It's good. Um, and then I graduated to eventually being like the gopher. So I got to learn all the tool names, you know, be like, oh, go get me a 10 millimeter inch or go get me a 14 millimeter socket, you know, you know, and he got to be underneath the car. He didn't have to keep on getting up, getting down, you know, had his little gopher. 
Um, and then I eventually got to the point where like I was helping him with, uh, with jobs and everything. So I learned all of that basic knowledge um, through that and then tried motorsports, got into track days, and then it was all just, okay, can I, can I, because racing, motorsport, even track days end up being pretty expensive. So how can I save money? Well, if I don't pay someone else to do it, you know, Google, YouTube, and patience will get you pretty darn far. Um, so, <laughs> and not not to mistake the point, like, I did break things and mess things up. And, you know, you got to be able to, you know, yeah, it's it's, it's part, part of, of the learning process. <laughs> so, you know, I, I learned how to install suspension, um, how to do springs, how to do control arms, ball joints, and everything. Um, and then it just got to the point where I was building my own car. You know, I did the only thing that I have not done myself was build a roll cage because I'm not the best welder. Can I weld? Yes. Is it structurally sound? No. Yeah, yeah, like that, that was like, that was something like, that I had someone um, do for me. Uh, I like living. Um, and you know, yes, one of those things. Um, I love, I love how supportive yes. your, your family was like to, to not only mm -hmm. like be okay with it, but to see, to see the little sparks of it and be like, oh, we're going to, we're going to actually encourage this. We're going to bring you things like the counter to parents. Yeah. Like, don't take that yeah. apart. Like, and that was, and that I was, again, I was really fortunate that way where like, um, my dad would be like, oh, just take this. Apart. We were, we were going to throw this little like roll rotary phone away. Have fun. Like, here's a screwdriver. Don't hurt yourself. That's like. Okay. Now important question. Sometimes. Put them back together. Cause that's the hard part. And sometimes they didn't go back together the best way. I mean, you know, it's why, it's why. I got junk <laughs> office equipment and not nice office equipment that would have to. Right. Right. So is there a direct correlation between like this kind of upbringing of like here, take this apart to the fact that you're um, not really um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. It, again, you made that connection. Um, it, it wasn't a direct connection. Um, because I was in healthcare, uh, I worked in healthcare for many, 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 many years. Um, that's how I started working and everything. Oh, wow. But right around okay. 2016, I had just burnt myself out. I was working nights, um, which is very rough. I was working in a hospital, it was very rough um, on my brain, my body, everything. So I decided to, since I had been racing for so long that loved racing. I was like, Oh, well, why don't I switch gears into automotive? So I worked as a mechanic for a couple of years. Um, I worked for a couple of racing shops cause I thought, Oh, I like racing. I can work at a racing shop. Um, with very, very success. Um, a couple, one of the shops I ended up being like a kind of a secretary and I, I respect anyone who has that disposition that disposition is not me. <laughs> um, 
I, it, know yourself kind of thing. I learned that about myself. I, I don't have that disposition. Um, so uh, <laughs> I ended up right in the beginning of 2020 uh, working at Advanced Auto Parts as a parts person because I had okay. pretty good automotive knowledge and I needed a job. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll at least do this. Um, so I did that for a little while and then was just not happy, not getting the pay I wanted. So started applying to a bunch of different places and someone, um, suggested the dismantling, uh, not the dismantling, the recycling yard. And what was funny is, um, I actually went in to interview for a completely different position. Um, so the way most salvage yards work is the car gets crashed, the car, um, gets purchased at an insurance auction, um, car gets dropped off at the yard and someone inventories it. So, you know, even the most totaled car still has a couple usable parts on it. Um, so that inventory person tallies everything up and then it comes into the dismantling bay, gets taken all apart. And then all of those different parts, pieces, and everything either get sent out to get rebuilt and um, resold, or you know a, a shop will buy it, or a you know independent customer might buy it, um, or just everything gets recycled as heavy steel. So everything's kind of you know circle of life. So I actually um, yeah. went into inventory for uh, not the, to interview for the inventory part of that position. Um, so I showed up in you know one of my coveralls, you know, bo- you know boots, made it look a little professional. Um, so I was talking to uh, one of my bosses, and he and I were you know talking back and forth, and. Um, at a certain point, he was like, wow, you, you know a lot about cars. I'm like, yeah, I've been playing with them for a few years, you know. Um, and he's like, well, do you have tools? I'm like, yeah, I got, I, I've swapped my own engine. Like, I, I, I got tools. And he's like, well, would you, would you be interested in dismantling? And I was like, ooh, that, that does sound, that does sound fun. Um, so he took me up, showed me around and was like, do you want to try it? I was like, sure. And, and moral of the story is I've been dismantling for almost three years now. Um, but what was funny, um, and it ties into the whole women in trades thing is at a certain point during that interview, and I knew that interview was going well because he was asking me if I wanted to do a completely other job. So I read, I read the vibe. But at a certain point, um, he looked at me and was like, well, what happens if you break a nail or bang your head? Oh, my gosh. I was about to give this guy props for, like, encouraging yeah. me to a mechanical-type position. It's and a half of one, half a dozen, do but um, I've broke. I've, I've I've since broken him of this, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I read, I read, like I read the situation, and I was like, either I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and it's going to be a bad reaction, and I don't want to work here anyway, 
or it's going to be a good reaction and I'm going to know going forward where we're at. So I looked at him and I said, I know we just met, but don't insult me like that. And he just kind of like, like, he gave me that look of like, oh, okay. Um, and I still got the job, you know. Um, was- I love that. Like, can you, can you say that answer again for the folks in the back? Because I feel like that is one of those, like, like people will Correct. treat you the way you allow them to treat you. Like, I said, hey, tell me what you said. It, I know again. we just met, but don't insult me like that. And, and. It was just, you know, a little one-off comment. Like I wasn't, I wasn't being combative. It was just like I read, I read the situation. I was like, mm, it's kind of going well. Let's let's see how he handles this. Um, and it still went great. Um, <laughs> once in a while, like when I would be carrying something heavy over to our shipping department, I think for the first six months, he would always be like, if he he saw me as we were passing each other, and be like. Oh, the guys, the guys could have gotten that. And, and and whenever he made that comment, I would take whatever I was carrying, lift it above my head and growl at him. And he's thus stopped making those comments. I think he has learned his lesson. <laughs> I think the growling really you know, puts the, oh, it puts just the carry on. Little girl, like you that. know. Okay, so so clearly, like you've approached everything in your life, from what I can hear, right? From from the from the job mm-hmm. interview to the job itself to racing to you know from your childhood, like you've approached everything with with this equal balance. It sounds like of both humility as well as mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. standing your ground, confidence, and, and willingness to just go after it. Did you always have that? Maybe I like it. It's, it's, I would, I would call it, it's a skill I have learned to cultivate. Um, Because to me, confidence isn't thinking you can do anything. It's going forward, knowing that you're probably going to fail, but trying anyway. Um, Because sometime I forget. I think it was around 2017, 2016 or 2017, um, I had brought my car to nationals and I had podiumed in on the national event um, in both of my classes in time attack and wheel to wheel. And I was getting um, like more and more inquiries for endurance races Um like a couple months afterward, I had gotten a note from a friend asking me if I wanted to go do a 24-hour race over in Europe. Yeah. Um, oh. Which is not a thing you say no to, by the way. Um, yep. You say yes and. And it, it was that realization of, like, failing isn't a bad, bad thing. Every every one fails ever like it is inevitable that you are going to fail but think about what happens if you succeed and all of the doors open for you and that was kind of a paradigm shift in my thinking of like 
well, what can go right? What, what happens? Like, okay. So I, I, I crash. Oh, okay. I, you know, we cover the, the expenses and we, we move on with our lives. You know, that's one of the nice things about cars is they are fixable. Um, at least most of the time. Um, and just being comfortable with a level of failure that, you know, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. And that is okay. And forgiving yourself that not putting that stress on, on yourself for, you know, your performance, like you're going to, um, one of the, one of actually one of the best pieces of advice, um, I got was, uh, right when I showed up to uh, nationals, uh, autocross nationals, rather, um, the year I won, someone gave me the advice of, you have already done all of the work to prepare for this weeks ago, days ago, weeks ago, months ago, years ago. All you have to do is show up. And it was just such a, like, it was just such a comfort to be like, oh yeah, I don't have to, I don't have to throw myself at the wall. I already, I already have it. I have done the work. I've done the practice. I've done the hours to be confident in myself and say, okay, let's see what happens. Did you, did you, were you confident as a little kid? Like, was this just, is this part of who you are was there a shift in your life when that I started I, when you started I think I was that? always a bit confident in myself um I got to do karate at a very young age um much to my mother's chagrin um she wanted a, a ballerina and she got me and I I've yet apologized many many times and um I was always I was always pretty successful but I think it was always just the people around me being like go go do that thing go you know being okay with seeing me out there and putting myself out there and being like oh you know there's been you know a couple times where you know I've failed spectacularly hey I crashed my car my first race weekend you know being okay with with screwing up and and messing up and being like okay we messed up how, how do we fix it how do we move on and being okay with that, that failure i love it and and what a testament to to like how how mm-hmm, we're raised mm-hmm. and the people who we have around us and if yes are encouraging right because sometimes i think that is a big piece of it if you've got 20 people around you saying, oh, you failed. That sucks. Yeah. You might as well hang it up. Versus if you have 20 people around you saying, oh, you failed. Sweet. What mm-hmm. did you learn? What are you going to do different next time? Like, Absolutely. How and I feel, I feel like, um, like the motorsport community that I have been, again, absolutely fortunate to have around me um, is a testament to that. Um, and there there isn't a better distillation of that um than the event uh in 2017 it was the first mount washington hill climb that i ever competed in and i had crushed like i had rushed to get the car ready showed up to the event uh there's two days of practice um if you're unfamiliar uh mount washington is the highest peak on the eastern seaboard um it's about seven and a half mile uh access road up to the top of the mountain 
Um, and every three to four years, they run a hill climb. It is the uh, America's oldest hill climb event. Um, and, you know, we race up this very twisty, very challenging hill. And I got to do the first uh, first time that I got to compete in 2017 and the first practice day. There's two days of practice and then the competition day. First day of practice, first run, my engine fails. Um, the, the oil pickup had broken or cracked, caused a loss of oil pressure and a hole to appear at the top of my engine. And yeah, yeah. fun. Like you did. Oh yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't just a small failure. It was a large failure. Yeah. Go boom. Um, So I was, you know, three quarters of the way up the mountain. Um, I had taken a picture of where the car failed and kind of posted it on social media, like, "Hey, we're done." You know, I again, I. Prepared myself for failure, and while I was disappointed, things happen. So, because there is only one route up and one route down for the mountain, um, the uh, one of the tow guys came by and towed me down to one of the little parking areas, so that practice could continue um, without you know getting all of the cars off the mountain. So. In this little parking area, I didn't have cell service. So for about three hours, I just kind of sat there with some of the volunteers and they tried to boost my spirits, but I was still kind of disappointed. And I had uh, hitched a ride down, like once practice was over, because it's only half day, um, got a ride down for the rest of the mountain. And the tow truck driver said, you know, we got a couple cars that we got to pick up. We'll bring the car down. And when you see it, we'll bring it over to where your paddock spot is. Um, get back down to the bottom of the mountain, um, get a flurry of notifications on my phone, um, start reading through them. And (laughs) without me asking for it, never expecting it, but independent of me, a bunch of friends, family, fans, all banded together, found me an engine, crowdsourced the money for that engine, PayPal me that money, <laughs> and someone was going to pick up that engine. All I had to do was call the shop and get their information, and that engine was mine. Wow. So, wow. After a very long, ugly cry on my on my uh, uh, trailer, um, as as anyone would do, um, got the car car got towed down. Called the shop. All right, someone's going to pick it up. You're you're good. You're everything's ready to go. Um, start working on the car because it was about you know two or three hours before um, the shop that the engine was coming from was about two or three hours away. So you know, had some time and started working on the engine. I only had my like small little track box. Like I was not expecting prepared anything to swap an engine. Um, 
So I'm just working with like my little baby hand tools and a couple of uh, my friends walked by and they were like, what, what you doing? <laughs> I was like, I guess we're swapping the engine. And they're like, we'll be back with more tools. So they appeared with more tools. Nice. Another team brought over an engine hoist. I mean, like I had about oh, 15 wow. people descend on the car and help me swap this engine and it was it was just the most magical experience because um by one o'clock that that morning um the car was running like it it didn't even take 24 hours before that car was running again um went back to the airbnb i was sharing with one of the other competitors slept for a few hours got back up went to the morning drivers meeting for practice day two had to finish up a few things did the practice run um a couple people who knew uh other competitors uh who knew the story um after i did the the um practice run they like started like it was kind of fun to like pull up to all the other competitors and see a bunch of them like clapping like yeah he made it um and then and then competition day i without any real practice because day one was a wash and day two we only do half of the mountain so day one we only do the top half day two we only do bottom half and i only got one run on the bottom half um competition day comes and i'm just driving by sight basically i don't have any practice on the mountain whatsoever, I ended up getting third in class and got to like get a little trophy, stand on the podium, and um, I I didn't win that trophy. Everyone else won that trophy. I just held the steering wheel for a few minutes. Like that was that was everyone else's trophy. I just I just got to experience that, and that was like a really formative and special. Uh, event and memory that I got to do because this community is just awesome. No, that's, that's incredible. And to hear Mm -hmm. that like competitors are doing that, like they're helping each other out. Do you find that that's pretty like, I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously that's an extraordinary story and I can, I only imagine the emotion. Do you, do you feel like, since then and you're in your experience as far as mm-hmm. you know 2010 this is a long time racing like do you yes. is that the norm i feel i feel or is that the like extent? like the sportsmanship around like not necessarily like pro level um just because pros its own thing but the club racing scene the you know the semi-professional and and club racing scene it is it is a rising tide raises all ships. Um, like I, there, there is so many people that have helped me and I help other people. Like I stopped bringing like 70% of my tools. Cause I'm like, yeah, someone will have it, you know, like, and, and that expectation is just, everyone's like, Oh, you know, they'll come by and be like, Hey, Amy, do you have this weird clip? And I'll be like, Oh yeah, I got two in my toolbox. And then, you know, if I need like a cap or something, I'll go over and be like, Hey, do you got this? And they're like, Oh yeah, here. Or if they don't, they'll be like, Oh, you know, Jim has it over there. And you know, you go walk over and someone, someone yeah. will find it. <laughs> um, 
or even um, it's it's very common to uh, like in uh, one of the endurance racing series I, I I run with American Endurance Racing has a text thread for all of the competitors, and I'll get texts throughout the day. Hey, team so and so is looking for a transmission. Team, you know, this team's looking for rotors for a Corvette. This and someone will have it, and you just you give what you need and you know everyone helps us because and 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 someone like i i think you'll run into a few black sheep where sportsmanship isn't as important to them and they'll weed themselves out the people that stick around and are successful and race year after year are the ones that know that this sport and this community is made better by helping each other. And like, as a competitor, it's way more rewarding and more fun to beat someone else on the track, not just beat them because they didn't have a part for their car and they didn't get to run. Like that's, that's more fun. Like as, as a sportsman, as a racer, as a competitor, I'd rather beat someone on the track fair and square than, you know, someone being like, oh, I didn't have a whatever. I didn't have an extra spark plug and right. not get, getting to run it all. Right. Okay. So along those lines, mm -hmm. those folks that said disparaging mm -hmm. comments at your first race. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, are they? I I try not to step on any toes. Um, you know, I, I take this, <laughs> I take my own space, but you know, don't, don't, uh, uh, as, as, um, as some people in the, the healthcare field say, do no harm, but take no shit. You know, you know, you just, you know. Do, do you miss healthcare? I, I miss helping people. But as anyone in healthcare knows that the bureaucracy and the administration is just soul crushing. Um, so I feel like my current profession where I'm taking crashed cars and giving people an option, a lower cost option to repair their vehicles is a much more lower stress situation for me mentally that is still helping people and doing the thing because that's do you mind do you mind if i ask you how old you were when you changed <laughs> gears not to no pun intended but because i think mm -hmm. people people are afraid of changing careers when they're not in their 20s right there's this like mm -hmm. fear of being older and 31 career how how old were you so i okay. I went to school for business and marketing. Um, I was working in healthcare as a pharmacy tech for eight and a half, nine years. And then I was a office administrative assistant, whatever they, whatever title we're going to give the doctor's office um, people uh, for a couple of years. And then I was like, you know what? I, I like, I like working with, with my hands i like working on cars and it's a lot less stressful so i love it i love absolutely it. congratulations cheers to you on 
unmaking that move. And it sounds like that was a path that was in the works for like mm-hmm. since the beginning of your life. So um, <laughs> that's awesome to hear. Did we're already getting really close to our hour because you're you have so many great <laughs> stories and you're such a great storyteller. Um, I have absolutely. To go I am all yours. Or after the hour. Okay. I have a couple of couple of questions that I want to ask you. So we did have a couple mm-hmm. of questions from the folks watching. Um, uh, one of them we already covered because uh, Faye wanted you to tell the story. It's, it's a good story, one. And you I mean, did. It's a good one. Um, it, a question. it is a fantastic one. I think it's so telling. Um, Stephen Demarzio would like to know if you have a dream car that you would like to race. Um, I try so. <laughs> I try not to drive cars that I don't have enough money to replace. <laughs> I think that's probably um, good, like, <laughs> But if if I ever got the chance, I I always loved and enjoyed the Audi R8s, especially in the race trim. Okay. Um they are they are fantastic pieces of machinery. I've got to see a few, um, but I I don't know if I'd be brave enough to you know jump behind the wheel and drive it in absolute anger because that's a lot of car. <laughs> that is a lot of car, but I feel like I feel like we all need to visualize mm-hmm. that for you having the opportunity to do so without the threat of yeah and and i will say like most um most of those motorsport teams do carry motorsport insurance it is a thing so if you see you know all of those f1 cars that get crashed they do carry motorsport insurance so you do get something to cover the cost um but again you know let's let's just not break the very expensive fancy car I think that's fair. Okay, how about we have another question? Um, AZ Micah Welder would like to know if you've had any particular, um, particularly impactful mentors in your in your career. Every, everyone, um, like every, and here's the thing: like I, I got my uh, track instructor uh, certification in 2013, and even students have something to teach you. I mean, if there, if I come away from a motorsport event, doesn't matter if I'm competing or not, without learning something, I haven't gone. Like, you will always learn and improve and pick up something if you're listening for it. And just, at, like, I... <laughs> I'd be here all night listing people because it, 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 it's literally everyone. Um, but I will say, uh, to, to drop a name, uh, I did get to, uh, race with Pippa man, the, uh, IndyCar driver, uh, very fortunate in 2018 yeah. to, uh, do the 24, uh, 25 hours of Thunderhill with her. And I was on the nice. pro pro team. Um, little old me, and I, I, I think I said something effective like I'm, I'm really nervous to be with all of these big names, and uh, like I'm, I'm just a nerd. I'm just a nerd. Like I am a nerd. <laughs> and she and Pippa like leaned over and she's like, "Here's a secret. We're all nerds." And and it was just, it was just the cutest little like 
exchange. I was like, oh, we're 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 just all we're just all nerds. I love, love it. So we I, I do want to be respectful of your time. So I want to ask mm-hmm. you my final question for the night, but I do also want to reserve the right Absolutely. to come back on again I, in the future. I have left out so wanna, many I'll, stories. Like every every race event has its own we story. And we haven't talked at all about everything that you are doing to to empower mm-hmm. and inspire like more women to get into motorsports. Like I feel like absolutely, that might be a topic. Maybe we'll do a panel discussion. We're gonna invite you back, but I think perfect segue with you know Pippa's kind of yeah, like we're all just nerds. nugget of wisdom that she handed you in that moment, right? Do you if if you're in that seat, right? You've got some young, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed just entering motorsports and nervous and turns to you and is looking for advice and for guidance um or to your younger self if you have an opportunity to talk to the younger you what are your words of advice and words absolutely of i think um i i don't know if i was ever given this advice but i kind of read 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 between the lines and being willing to mess up um because I've I've instructed a lot of female drivers ju- again just starting out, um, and they go out on track and they're very timid because they don't they want to approach the line slowly and not go over that line. And I find crossing that line into messing up will teach you so much more than just staying safe and not not necessarily safe, but staying conservative and, and not wanting to put yourself out there, messing up is how you learn. And being okay with messing up is, is the secret to learning. And it's the secret to opening up all of these doors. It's like, Hey, if I'm okay with messing up, then I get to go do all of these things. I love it. I feel like there's so many like life lessons mm-hmm. and life analogies Absolutely. in racing, right? Because what you're saying about like the crossing crossing the line and where the the opportunity for lessons are and learning is mm-hmm. like that's not yeah, just that's racing. that's life in that general. Is, you know. Right. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes out for the book that you're. I, I, I have been told I should, so I should probably get drafting now. Yes, but racing has taught me about life. Yeah, like like lessons through racing. <laughs> it, it it'll be it'll be a hit. Um, it'll be it'll be the companion page exactly. piece to like the art of racing in the rain, just with less crying. Because <laughs> I I uh, <laughs> I read the book and then I like I saw that the movie was coming out. And I'm like, I'm not gonna see it. I don't I don't need my soul to break like that i i, I know it it's always yeah. it but, you know <laughs> i love it you are fantastic this was absolutely this hour went so fast i've had so much fun talking to you i know you have a ton more stories Man, many gonna have you more crazy and silly sure. stories um, i love it thank you so much for spending this time with me and guys at home i hope you 
enjoyed uh, meeting Amy as much as I did and hearing all of her wonderful stories and her words of inspiration. Oh my God, she's got just, just an amazing, amazing attitude. And, uh, and it was just a joy to meet her. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you come back next week. We've got another fantastic tradeswoman for you to meet. Um, another huge thank you to our sponsor, uh, Drive Time, for making these happy hours possible and for me to be able to continue to do them and continue to share with you all of these incredible women that I have the huge and amazing privilege of getting to meet and chat with every week. Um, Amy, you're fantastic. Cheers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, cheers to you, you, my dear, and to folks at home. All of you, be good to yourselves, be good to one another. See you next week. Bye, guys.